welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for intel, forecasts, and success strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Ball. Thanks for being with us. No matter where you're catching us, around the country or around the world, we appreciate you being with us. Uh, this segment is brought to you by Barnes Creative Studios. If you need a video for your project, check out barnescreativestudios.com. They do incredible work. Well, today we're talking about the office market. You know, the, some of the third quarter numbers are starting to come out, and I think people are always curious about the office market because there's so many things seeming, seemingly impacting the office market today. We have still companies trying to use less square footage per person. Uh, we have people working at home. We have people, companies wanting more flexibility. Uh, we have changes in the economy and the way people work uh, and how they get to work. So let's see what's happening in the office market. Please welcome my first guest, Barbara Denham. She is senior economist with Reese, and she's joining us on the phone. Uh, Barbara, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. So how is the office market uh, performing today? You know, the office market is doing very well. Uh, nothing staggering. The vacancy rate stayed flat at 16.1% in the third quarter, which is no change from the second quarter. And in fact, it's no change for the last year. So we've had this very flattening of vacancy. Uh, and, and rent growth was actually pretty low, too. It only increased 0.3% for the quarter and only 1.5% year over year. So office rents, have been very flat, and the vacancy rate has been flat as well, which is odd in that we're so deep into this expansion, and we have very healthy job growth, but we're just not seeing the drops in vacancy that we had in previous cycles. Well, that's interesting, and is that because of new supply? Uh, what, what's causing it? Well, I think it's a combination. Believe it or not, supply growth has not been too aggressive, unlike the apartment market where we're seeing tremendous construction across the U.S. Uh, I think developers really got uh, burned in the last expansion, more so even than so housing construction or apartment construction. So developers have not been overbuilding. Uh, and net absorption has been okay, but again, we're just not seeing these robust uh, uh, occupancy growth levels. I think like what you just mentioned, Many people have been offered opportunities to work from home, so companies have been very conservative about how much square footage they lease, and that's having a tremendous impact on the overall growth in the office occupancy rate. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, but people can work at home, good for them. I remember working at home at one point, and I had one of the biggest calls in my career, and as the guy's talking to me and telling me that I, I won this job, this assignment that I was going to be doing, it was a real catalyst to my uh, career at the time, and I was a very young man. Well, my dog was standing next to me, and if anyone walked down the sidewalk, this dog was going to start just really barking. And I thought, what's this guy going to think when he hears my dog start barking? How can people work at home? Well, you talked about rents being flat. You talked about occupancy being flat with rents just only increasing slightly. Is mm -hmm. that different for the different classes, though, Barbara? Is it is Class A maybe uh, improving a little better, or what do you see? No, I think it's the same across the board. Um, we don't have the uh, breakout yet, uh, class by class, um, but we're seeing that another, like again, that's a, another kind of equilibrium measure. Um, which is, uh, you know, they're both, occupancy in both Class A and Class B, C are growing at the same 
steady pace, uh, but we're only building new construction. No one builds Class BC <laughs> office product. So um, uh, let me see. Did the you know historically, I'm seeing like the the vacancy rates uh, in both markets very very flat uh, mm-hmm. change. So like the Class A is just about um, uh, 16.0% and Class B is uh, similar, about 17%. So mm-hmm. not not much of a difference between Class A and Class BC. And when you look at the office sector historically, uh, where mm-hmm. does this number put us? Well, uh, so I was just writing about this. You know, in the height of the last, the 2000 three to 2007 expansion, vacancy rate fell to 12.3%. So this is very, very different to fall from to to 12.3%, whereas today it's really persistently staying, stalling at 16.0, The same vacancy rate, we've had the same vacancy rate for seven quarters now, 16.1, seven quarters in a row. So you can really feel this sense of equilibrium, and we're probably not going to get that much further below, say, 15.8% over the next year or two. Um, so it's it's just a different paradigm than this in this expansion. Yeah, it's a little bit slower growth, isn't it? But we've had job growth. Uh, we've we had, have. We've had expansion. We've had uh, businesses are doing well, uh, but I guess they're just... Uh, yeah, wh- they're just cramming more people into more people. Yeah. Uh, All those millennials in that like little uh, open open office space. I guess it's you know it's 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 good for the overall economy because it's keeping rents lower, but it's probably not great for landlords. Yeah, well, Barbara, if you will look into your uh, crystal ball there. I think we sent you the commercial real estate shows crystal ball. Did you get that mm-hmm. uh, in the uh, UPS delivery? Uh, what do you expect moving forward for uh, for next year or uh, the close out the year next year for office performance? Well, one thing I should mention is we're seeing a, a pretty big gap between the good markets and the bad markets. I don't mean to label some markets bad, but you know some some are seeing vacancy rate declines. Um, for example, uh, markets like um, uh, Memphis and Greenville and Indianapolis saw vacancy rates increase. Even markets like San Jose saw vacancy rate increase. Whereas on the other end, um, you know, markets like uh, San Francisco, Louisville, and, and Atlanta doing pretty well, um, seeing uh, drops in vacancy rates and very strong, much stronger rent growth than um, other markets. So, like markets in your area, Charlotte, Nashville, and Atlanta, all seeing very strong uh, rent growth in terms of like 0.5% to 1% over the last quarter. Whereas at the bottom, markets like San Diego, New Haven, Chicago, and Pittsburgh recording a loss. I think this kind of gap between the good markets and the bad markets probably will widen. I can tell you even in Atlanta, um, job growth, office, office-based job growth in Atlanta was very strong this year, this past um, summer, growing by 5.9%. That's the second highest job growth rate in office jobs in the country. So I think everything is in very, very good shape. I think we will see more very very slight declines in the vacancy rate going forward but some markets like new york where we actually have the lowest vacancy rate 8.6% we are seeing a lot of construction so some markets are doing well but you're seeing a little bit more office construction than others 
Um, so I think all in all, we're going to see a continuation of this pattern. I think vacancy rate will fall below 16.0%, hopefully as low as maybe 15.6, 15.5%, which is better than today, but still not that strong relative to previous expansions. And rent growth should be in the 2% to 2.5% in the next year, I believe, going forward. Um, but overall, the economy is very strong. So I think the good, the overall good news is it's very, it's clearer to tenants looking to lease space. They're not going to see aggressive rent growth, nor are they going to see any rent declines in most markets. So they can kind of look towards the future with a lot more certainty than they would have in the past. Right, and that's uh, good if you're running a business, and uh, maybe yeah. good if you're uh, loaning on some of this commercial real estate or investing to know what to expect. Um, I was interviewed by a reporter the other day about the Atlanta market, where our headquarters is located, and they were asking me mm -hmm. about the difference between suburban and urban office space. Mm -hmm. What do you see in your numbers as you look at the country overall, the, the difference in performance there? Well, the good news is the suburban markets have improved a little bit more in the last uh, six quarters than they had been. In the beginning of this expansion, it was all central business district, you know, urban core. That's where so much of the growth was because uh, that's where so many of the millennials and people, um, many uh, big tenants wanted to be. Um, there was kind of a flight to quality in that, um, you know, in, in the um, downturn, rents fell, and so many tenants who wanted to expand, they chose to expand in the CBD or Central Business District um, where they could secure a good lease. Now, later in this expansion, um, we're seeing the suburban markets pick up. So now they're kind of, again, at equilibrium in that suburban markets are doing almost as well as the uh, Central, Business, Central Business Districts are. Okay. And I think it'd be interesting to hear from you, Barbara, about the cap rates that you're seeing, the trends there, what you expect moving forward. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back and we'll have Barbara Denham. We'll talk about the cap rates, what to expect moving forward. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull and this is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Build out the best all-in-one marketing tool for your brokerage. Learn how you can create marketing materials instantly and streamline your property listings process. Visit buildout.com. Excelligent, the resource professionals like CCIMs, CBRE, JLL, Colliers, and Bull Realty use for market intelligence. Commercial Search is the site to market and find available properties to buy, sell, or lease all over the country. Visit CommercialSearch.com. Welcome back. I am Michael Bohr. At least that's what my mother told me. Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. This segment is brought to you by GetValuate.com. Check it out. You can do online investment analysis and share it with colleagues. Today we're talking about the office market. My guest is Barbara Denham. She's senior economist with Reese. And, and Barbara, we talked about the performance of the office market. What about cap rates? What are you seeing? What's the trend? Um, cap rates have not been great in the office market. I think developers, again, have been a little skittish in this expansion. So where in apartment markets, you've seen steady drops in the apartment market. The, the cap, cap rates in office have been around 7.2, 7.1% uh, persist, 
consistently over the last, again, six to seven quarters. So uh, investors are, are being very wise. You're not seeing a lot of volume either. There's been somewhat of a drop in, in volume of office properties. You know, certainly people are interested in, in some of the better properties in the in the gateway cities like New York and San Francisco. But overall, it's been kind of a flat performance in cap rates, hmm. 7.2%. And how long has that uh, flat trend uh, been around? How long have you seen that? Well, like I said, I think it's, it's definitely seven quarters. It was wow. as low as... Um, wow. 6.8% a year and a half ago. So third quarter 2015, it was 6.8%. That's 40 basis points lower. Um, so uh, so and, but you have to recall, too, that the Treasury rates were had dropped and then increased. So mm-hmm. when you look, talk about cap rate, rates, you have to look at the spread. Mm-hmm. And the 10-year uh, Treasury note had jumped in, right after the election last year, and then it stayed flat. So in some ways, the cap rate spread narrowed at the end of 2017, and then it widened a bit um, relative to uh, so, relative to the Treasury. And that's a kind of a slight uptick then in cap rates. So what do you expect uh, moving forward for office cap rates? Uh, we actually see cap rates increasing a bit over the next year or two, only because we think the interest rates will um, go up. You know, the Fed has constantly been talking about uh, increasing the Fed funds rate. Now they're talking probably in December. And if that's the case, the theory, uh, I should give a caveat. The theory suggests that when interest rates go up, cap rates go up because the cost of capital goes up and that factors into the price of the asset. Um, That doesn't always work out. Sometimes people invest in commercial real estate, you know, at, at lower cap rates even when interest rates are going up because it's considered a safer asset. So we've seen that in the apartment market, but we really think that in the office market we will see um, slight increases in cap rates, but the spread between cap rates and the 10-year actually will, will still be pretty pretty uh, safe in the 4% range, 42 3.9% range in the next two years. Okay, so um, you're looking at your crystal ball. I know you have it, the commercial real estate mm-hmm. show when we sent you. Uh, yeah. What might be the average cap rate two years from now? Uh, and if you want to base it on some uh, increase in interest rates, okay. But if we're at 7.2 now, what would you think in two years? Because I sell office buildings, and it seems like when I talk to sellers about rising interest rates impacting cap rates down the road, like, Michael, Michael's never going to happen. <laughs> we're not going to see increased cap rates. Yeah, the cost of money's not going up fast enough. Don't worry about it. I don't need to sell now. Yeah, well, that's a good point, and it's, it, it goes along with uh, the theory, but our crystal ball does show an uptick in cap rates for office to about 7.8% looking ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, again, the 10-year should go up to about 3.9%. So the spread will actually be about 3.9% versus, say, 4.8% today. So I think... Even though you're going to see an increase in cap rates relative to the 10-year, that's not necessarily that bad. Are you talking about a year uh, from now? Or? Uh, no, two. Two years, okay. 2019. Two, two yeah. years, all right. I want to make sure I'm, we're talking about the right crystal ball here. Right. Here. right. <laughs> <laughs> well, what tips would you have for office building owners today uh, or occupiers of space uh, looking at the market? moving forward well if you're if you're in a tenant i would still um you know i think you're in a safe shape uh you can be pretty um 
uh, strong in your negotiations, especially if you want to move. Um, you can probably get a pretty fair uh, rent uh, rent um, deal, um, although you have to, you know, consider moving, which is expensive. If you're an owner, you know, you have a good asset. You probably have steady cash flow, and your your the value of your asset is still strong. So I don't see a lot of upside to selling, but nor do I see much downside. It's really about, you know, the location of your asset and how 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 solid your tenancy is uh, over the long run. Right. And I don't see the one the one thing I don't see is I I, I, I the question really becomes the Chinese and the international investors are they going to be staying in our uh, commercial real estate as investors or are they going to look elsewhere, say their own markets or Europe or things like that? So. The capital pool might be a little lower going forward. Right, and that's what you got to look at. What are the influences out there? So you talked about interest mm-hmm. rates. Now, foreign investment. Uh, you talked in the earlier segment about the way people are using office space. What else should we look out for the future that may impact the office market? Uh, it's a good question. Uh, I, I actually think that you know, millennials are getting older, and I do think that at some point something's going to give, and they're going to say we're sick of being crammed into this open office um, environment. And there's actually, with so many baby boomers retiring, um, there's going to be a demand for more employees. So I think uh, uh, employers will have to be a lot more generous with the amenities they give to their staff, and one of those amenities is space. So I think the actual net absorption per added employee will go up in the next two years or so as the demand for labor will go up. Um, you know, we are, we're not at full employment, I don't believe, but we are close to it. So at some point, something's got to give. And I think this, this trend of um, very low net absorption per job growth um, will start to turn uh, on the upside going forward. Yeah, that's interesting you say that because – um, you know, I just had a, uh, a broker in our office that uh, came in and said, wait, you guys have private offices for your brokers? We're all on open yeah. floor plans. We can't even hear ourselves think. And they think, yeah, I think you're going to get more and more employees and uh, brokers, whoever they are, they're going to suggest, hey, uh, the, the employment market's better. I want better or more space, right? Yeah, I definitely see that coming. Yep. So the the square footage per employee, you believe, is going to maybe start going the other way. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's great. Not, but, mm-hmm. yeah, not at a glacial pace, but you know, it'll certainly change. Yeah, and of course, it'll depend on the on the type of company. Well, Barbara, great information as usual. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Anytime. And if you'd like more information for Barbara, reach out to them. Their website is reese r e i s dot com. And stay with us. We'll have more on the U.S. office market. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Are you a real estate agent? Hi, this is Michael Bull. Would you like consistent high income? Would you like to be the top producer in your office? Would you like to be known as the go-to broker in your market? Well, I have something for you. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate? You're invited to contact Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Call 404-876-1640 or visit bullrealty.com.
Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Ball. Today we're talking about the office market. And uh, this segment is brought to you by Real Crowded. You know that you can invest in large commercial real estate projects with small amounts of money with experienced sponsors. Visit realcrowd.com. Well, like I said, we're talking about the office market. And you can't talk about the office market and the importance of it without talking about the users, the companies renting the space, and how they use technology to make the space more efficient, how they use technology for their employees to be more productive. Well, we have an expert here with us in Studio One. Please welcome Dylan McCrory. He's Senior VP of Solutions, and he's also a partner with Site Ready. Thanks for joining us, Dylan. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Well, so, you know, I think one of the things when we think about technology for our space today, what a change in world. I yeah. mean, so first of all, if we are moving into new space or we're helping someone with that process, how, first of all, you think about what technology do you need and not need and how do you make these choices? Yeah, there's, there's very much a, uh, a consultative approach that needs to happen, uh, really getting into uh, speaking with actually stakeholders who are gonna be using the space and occupying it and understanding how they work uh, the types of technologies they're using currently, what they would like to be able to use from a tool standpoint, uh, and really creating a program, if you will, uh, for the technology that's going to go into their space, so that you can, you know, make sure you're choosing the right product sets and stuff like that. Yeah, and I used to, you know, we've done office tenant rep for a long time uh, in my firm here in Atlanta, and it seems like in the old days there was a lot of wiring. You know, yeah. there was a lot of uh, things coming in being wired. How, how much of the pre-wiring of actual wire running do you have today? You, you still have a fair amount of, uh, of a need for actual wire, hardwired um, connectivity. Um, more and more people are moving away from uh, the reliance, the sole reliance on being hardwired with obviously the, the, in, the increases in wireless technology. And, and um, I saw an article the other day about even uh, wireless over the light. Um, which, is, which is a new concept that'll, that'll come to us towards the next 10 years or so. Yeah, through but, the light fixtures? Yep, through LED. Yeah. Um, it's it's a, a new technology that's being developed, um, but it's uh, still off in the distance. But yeah, uh, wireless technology uh, is something that everybody's interested in, obviously because of the mobility factor uh, that people are trying to achieve in, in what they call the office of the future. Everyone wants this open office architecture where people can you know, work in different types of environments and things like that and get together as teams and collaborate. and Anytime you can provide that without being tethered to a desk, um, you know you're really, uh, you know, moving in the right direction, um, you know, from a technology standpoint. And you're also seeing technology, and you guys involved in this, where you kind of come and reserve a room, or you reserve a quiet yeah. room or a conference room. Yep. Yeah. Room yeah. reservation is also another uh, another big tool companies are using to be able to manage their their space, right? So, um, you know, statistically, you know, you could go out there and find. Um, you know, the way that conference rooms historically have been used are very sparse based upon the percentage of the overall square footage of a space that they take up. Um, you know, so in using big data and analytics and things like that, a lot of the more advanced corporate real estate departments have, um, you know, moved towards creating smaller spaces and making them reservable uh, on a uh, touch and go basis um, through this room reservation technology that's out there and available now. Yeah. One of the things I find interesting about technology in the commercial real estate space today is the cost. You know, a lot of the yeah. cost has come down. So what are some things that maybe we can afford in our space today that maybe a few years ago was like, are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we, uh, we as a firm um, really push the commoditization of technology mm -hmm. to our clients. Um, you know, we feel that 
most technology solutions out there that are available commercially, um, you know, th there's no real uh, next best product uh, in, in that particular instance. So we're always trying to get our clients to focus on um, function as opposed to really going out there and spending the most money that they possibly could because um, you, know, you need to be able to put that, that money to work in other areas of your business and um, you know, the, the price of technology as a whole is coming down uh, but every day a new technology hits the, hits the market making what you bought potentially a year ago uh, almost obsolete. So, yeah. um, you know, we really are, are, are trying to help our clients think hard about the way that they're spending money. And, you know, frankly, you know, like I mentioned, the way technology continues to, um, to evolve, uh, it, it's very, it's very, uh, there's a very high potential that um, whatever you bought uh, or put into your space, yeah. uh, the last time you built it out isn't, isn't uh, the, the, the latest and greatest anymore. Yeah, I, I, I see that every day. It's like my manager will come to me and say, oh, Michael, we've got to replace this technology and this technology and this computer. I'm like, wait a minute. It seems like I just bought that. Right, <laughs> He's a, right. No, that's a paperweight now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's a lot of challenges, I think, that people have in their office environments, and some of them are kind of changing today with, with more people and less space in these open environments. And one of those is sound issues. Yeah. Um, is there some technology today to kind of help with that? Yeah. Um, there's definitely technologies that have been out there for a while. Um, some people call it sound masking or white noise. Uh, it, it emits a low frequency noise uh, that's you know somewhat in, unintelligible to the uh, to the human ear. But uh, the the way the science works, um, you know, the the sound hits your ear before the uh, the, the the level of acoustics that uh, the human voice carries. So it occupies your ear, and your ear can only hear so much at once. So it kind of drowns out the background noise. Um, you know, and, and a lot of people are using that nowadays with, with the way that offices are being designed and, and kind of these open floor plants to, um, you know, drown out some of the background noise that can be heard um, when people are talking around you. Now how about technology for wellness? What do you see new there? Yeah, uh, wellness is a big factor for mm -hmm. sure. I mean, everybody, uh, everybody's always um, interested in understanding how they can create this, this wellness factor uh, in their space. And, and um, you know, some of that has to do with uh, you know the Internet of Things and, and making sure that um, you know you get it, you're getting enough uh, good sunlight into the space and, and uh, you know things of that nature and you know you can control the blinds based upon the the where the sun's at in the uh, you know in in the uh, in the sky and things like that so you're getting more light into the space when at optimal times during the day um, you know so, so technology and wellness haven't haven't totally gotten to the point where they've met each other yet but it's definitely coming. What kind of technology in our space, Dylan, might we not think about? You know, what's some of the latest things that uh, people are looking at and doing? Um, that's a good question. I, I think, you know, from the standpoint of, of um, you know, mobility, uh, you know, there are lots of different ways that you can create mobility and collaboration and things like that. Um, there aren't very many people who have really looked into um, you know, truly uh, interesting ways of, of creating a visual connection between people uh, that's not in a physical setting in, in another room you go to. So there's this idea of video conferencing and collaboration where you have to pick yourself up and go into a different space as opposed to when that comes to you. Um, there are, um, you know, different ways now where, uh, you know, that type of technology, that type of functionality, you know, uh, with the improvements in, in wireless systems and things like that can operate over 
uh, wireless platform so it doesn't need to be tethered to a physical space that you have to go into so the, the video conferencing function can come to you as opposed to you having to go to it. And, and you don't see very many people thinking about it in, in that particular way, um, but it's another way to, you know, again, uh, optimize the way you're using your space. Yeah, well, that's interesting, and I think more and more people are, as they get used to technology, you know, you're, you're emailing things and you're using these online systems to communicate, and there's nothing like that face-to-face, -face, hey, yeah. let's talk through something and yeah. actually get it done and be efficient. So, you know, that makes a, a lot of sense. What about cost savings? You know, how, what are some tips for office users or owners of office buildings that are helping tenants? Uh, to save costs. Yeah, uh, again, I go back to the commoditization of technology. Um, uh, we hear a lot of times from people that, hey, we have to use this product or we have to use this um, uh, manufacturer or installer because we have some type of proprietary technology system that's out there. And I always challenge people on that because there are very few things out there that, that are, are, are widely used uh, across office space uh, throughout the country that are truly uh, unique uh, and un uncommoditized. So, um, from our standpoint, we're always trying to push cost savings as much as we can for our clients. Uh, and that even goes all the way back up to where is the product manufactured, right? And controlling the, the markup that gets put on product from, you know, all the way down the supply chain from the manufacturer to the distributor to the, um, to the installer of whatever that technology is. Uh, and you can create and find significant cost savings along that supply chain. Um, and, and that's kind of the level of, of depth that we always try to go into and get people to really understand uh, when they're building out of space and that there's a significant technology component. Yeah. So I guess it's important then to, to get you guys at site ready involved early. And so are you guys engaged by uh, the tenant reps, uh, the building owners, or the, the corporate uh, leaders that, that know they're going to need space? Who yeah. brings you guys in at no, that, that's, that's a great point. We, we yeah. always like to say we, we want to be engaged as early as possible, mm -hmm. right, to, uh, to get technology a seat at the table. You sound like my girlfriend. Oh, that's what she says. <laughs> <laughs> I'm married. Never mind. That's a joke. <laughs> yeah, we, we always want get, to uh, get technology uh, to the table as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so when architects are starting to put together schematic design for a space, uh, you know, that's always when we like to be involved. Um, you know, sometimes that doesn't always happen when, uh, you know, when a company's doing a one-off space and we get engaged to help them, um, you know, kind of along the process when they realize, oh, we really need, you know, we want to have a, a large technology component to this. Um, and then a lot of our clients are what we call portfolio clients where we go market to market with them around the country. And we help them actually come up with a program, a technology program in the same way that they would build a space program with their architect. Um, you know, to help them understand, you know, the types of technologies they're using in, in each space, what the cost for those technologies could be, so that it's a much more plug-and-play feel and, and they can uh, tighten their budget down uh, for what the cost could be for any one particular type of space based upon how they're going to program it. Yeah. One more question for you, and that involves uh, phone connections. Because, yeah. you know, I see some of uh, tenants that we rep, and they don't even have phones. They're all using their cell phones. and. Uh, and then some people, some companies obviously have salespeople who are in and out of the space. They're going in the parking decks. They're coming up the elevators. Mm -hmm. How important is that coverage and how are you guys handling that? Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the way that people operate from a telephone standpoint is different for everybody. Uh, some people are still tethered to their desk with their phone, uh, and that's fine. Uh, some people operate in a, in a voice over IP environment where their phone is running over the same Internet connection that their computer is. Um, there are lots of companies uh, who are out there on the cutting edge of technology that are going to soft phone now where 
uh, their phone exists as a software tool on their computer and they have a headset that connects via Bluetooth to their computer. Um, and then some companies are, are doing away with phone, corporate phones completely and having people operate off of uh, company provided cell phones and things like that. And in those particular instances, you know, uh, you have to go in and make sure the building you're going into has an adequate uh, distributed antenna system um, that's compatible with whoever your service provider is. And um, yeah, I mean, because you know, a lot of times you go in an elevator and you get dropped. And yeah. You're like, so now you're standing out in front of the building yep. and you're not going in. Yep. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's very much important, especially in those situations where uh, people are relying on their cell phones for, for telephone connectivity. Um, and, and it's definitely something we pay attention to all the time. Yeah. So your uh, website is SiteReady? SiteReady.com, yeah. Okay. Well, excellent. Well, thanks for joining us today. Great yeah. information. Thank you for having me. And uh, thanks for joining us here on America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Stay with us. We'll have more on Office Sector. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Video is powerful. Some of the biggest brands in commercial real estate have trusted us to tell their story. We are Barnes Creative Studios, premier commercial real estate video services. BarnesCreativeStudios.com Would you like access to invest in institutional quality commercial real estate with experienced sponsors with small amounts of money? Of course you would. Visit RealCrowd.com. Choose between Core, Core Plus, Value Add, or Opportunistic. Visit RealCrowd.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. This segment is brought to you by BuildOut. If you're a commercial broker, check out buildout.com for marketing your listings. And today we're talking about the office market. Please welcome my next guest. It's Doug Ressler. Doug is Director of Business Intelligence with Yardy Matrix. He's joining us on the phone today. Doug, thanks for being with us. Michael, thank you very much. Well, Doug, as we say, we're talking about the office market, and I think you know a lot of our uh, audience may be a little concerned about demand for office properties moving forward. We keep talking about, we keep hearing about uh, companies using less space, people working at home, and uh, so what do you think? What do you think the trends? What do you guys see as the trends, and maybe the forecast for demand for office properties moving forward? Well, we think that the trend is going to continue to be positive right now uh, through the second quarter. Uh, it was a little bit flat, but third quarter is starting to pick up, and we see that the uh, jobs related to the continued growth in office-using jobs is actually going to continue to improve. So it gives us a lot of good uh, positives, especially uh, in the suburban cores. We see that uh, the U.S. suburban vacancy rate is near pre-recession low. So we like markets in, uh, like, um, you know, the uh, – Columbus area and uh, the Des Moines area, some of the secondary and tertiary markets, Detroit, Memphis, uh, we see a tremendous amount of significant growth uh, in new construction uh, in those particular markets. That doesn't necessarily say that the urban markets are going to be at a loss because Denver is unique, and uh, it's one of the strongest markets that we see right now in terms of office constructions. And uh, it's the most, it's third most active submarket in terms of office construction uh, in the nation, along with Seattle and Northern Virginia. That's great. So you, th the forecast is good. You expect job growth to be strong. So what's that mean for occupancy and rental rates? What do you see as a trend in a forecast there? Slight positive up uh, for occupancy and for rental rates, uh, because we see that there's a limited amount of supply in some of those markets. 
and uh, we see the biggest metro office uh, falls could be in some areas like Trenton and New Jersey, but for the most part, the balance of the other markets is continuing uh, growth uh, in terms of um, common industry experts, uh, not only us, but uh, elsewhere expect that uh, vacancy rates will continue to fall or occupancies to increase based on the uh, significant job growth and office using jobs. It's one of the key drivers that's going to occur in both suburban and urban areas. Yeah, and that's great news, right? If you're a owner of office buildings or you're an investor in the office sector. So, Doug, what do you think about investment sales? You think that uh, we're going to see what's on it kind of volume there? What do you think you're, we might see for cap rate trends? We think cap rates are going to remain low despite the rising interest rates. We only see one more uh, Fed uh, interest rate uh, adjustment. And uh, the share of total rolling four-quarter office retail industrial volume, at least transactions, increased 19.4% from 2008 to 2017. So we think that's going to continue. And uh, the increase in federal funds have not caused any sustained increase in long-term interest rates. They've continued to narrow in uh, trade range. But uh, the impacts on on cap rates in the net lease market has been minimal. So we see that... uh, Right now, the spread between cap rates and the 10 years remains stable, between 3 and 4% over the past few years, and it's going to remain above the 1.5 points to 2.5 point range that we've seen prior to the recession. Interesting. We're talking with Doug Ressler with Yardy Matrix about the office market. And, and Doug, there's been some pretty nice profits taken uh, by some of these uh, office investors. Uh, what do you see out there? Well, we see, uh, and we're still trying to go through the research right now. You're absolutely right. Some people have taken a pretty nice profit, and we think that the reason they're taking a pretty nice profit is that they're going to reengage where they have opportunities going forward. So sell now, then buy a little bit later with the profits that they've had in those areas that have a greater return potential. We've seen that in terms of Atlanta. Uh, we're seeing it in terms of Austin, and we're seeing it uh, in Boston, as a matter of fact. Yeah. So. Uh, we think that that's going to continue to occur. Those are large and, uh, you know, tech-centered uh, type of hubs. And uh, certainly one of the the big uh, elephants in the room is what's going to happen with Amazon and where they put their headquarters. Yeah, that's true. And there's been some pretty nice gains, some resale gains, where uh, companies bought an office building and then sold it. Uh, what's some examples that, uh, that might uh, surprise some people? Well, I think one of the things, uh, the examples, uh, first of all, GE, in terms of their Boston building, their headquarters building, actually uh, delayed completion of that uh, because the the local tax codes and governors uh, said that they could probably make better profit by delaying completion of that uh, headquarters building in South Boston. So you see that's occurring. Uh, you also see uh, areas uh, that uh, are being traded in terms of the inner harbor of Baltimore, especially with Sagamore development and some of the things that they're trying to do now uh, that are in, um, you know, areas that uh, people don't necessarily look at uh, and see but have great uh, potential. Urban Union uh, recently completed a 290,000-square-feet gold office building in Seattle, and I think they traded for $269 million. That's 928 bucks a square foot, mm-hmm. and it's in close proximity to the Amazon headquarters. Uh, so that's one that's probably people know about. But there's also areas, like I point out, in Culver City, uh, L.A., uh, Playa Vista, which is uh, nearby in a Los Angeles submarket with tech companies. Uh, that's also another good uh, property, that uh, an area that attracts people. Well, great. Well, what would be your closing tip for 
owners or investors in the office sector? I think right now a closing tip is that we may remain very bullish. You know, uh, Yardy Matrix is in 66 markets and counting in terms of commercial office. And we're also in self-storage and residential. And we bring uh, a lot of uh, demographics and uh, analyst uh, information intelligence into the market. We're never satisfied. And we're always looking for, uh, you know, the best investment uh, for our providers and for uh, the people that buy our subscriptions. All right. Well said, Doug. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Michael. And thanks for joining us out there on uh, iTunes or YouTube or Podomatic uh, show website. Uh, we're finding that our show is popping up uh, all over the world, all over Internet sites and everything. So wherever you're watching or listening, uh, thanks for doing so and uh, joining us. And uh, we also appreciate you following us and sharing the show and commenting uh, on the show and sharing it with your friends. And until next week, please join us next week. But until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty, Asset and Occupancy Solutions, CommercialAgentSuccess.com, better serve clients, earn more commissions, Excelligent, building data everywhere, Real Crowd, crowdfunding with the professionals, Get Valuate, online investment analysis, Build Out, marketing for your brokerage. For more information on these great companies, visit CREshow.com. And you're invited to subscribe to the show on YouTube and iTunes and connect with us on your favorite social media.